welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by our returning guest, Darcy Perry, creator over at of over at Star Hat Miniatures. Welcome. Hey. Hey, how's it going, Logar? Great to be here. Good, good. How are you? How how have you been doing? Oh, great. I mean, we're in New Zealand, so we don't get a lot of the stuff going on around the rest of the world. We've had some some rain here. It's winter. Uh, beautiful sunny day today, though, and just really enjoying being able to talk to you again. Excellent. The last time we <laughs> talked, you had you. Well, it was the uh, we had a we had a, a zine about ducks, correct? Yeah. Yep. Banshee of Beaufort, and uh, it was following on the heels of Duck Quest, which was, yeah, uh, just well, very well received. In fact, it's just been picked up by Exalted Funeral, um, who you may know uh, for their eclectic uh, menagerie of role-playing games that they, they send out to the world. We're huge fans of some of the stuff they put out there at Exalted Funeral. I'm excited. And so what all is gonna what all are they gonna be putting out? Is Duff Quest and the Adventure both we're gonna be able to pick up there? Yeah, they're gonna be in print. Excellent. Because I'm in New Zealand, I did everything <laughs> as a PDF. And I thought, well, it'd be great if I could get this out to the world. Um, but sending stuff by post at the moment is crazy. So, you know, I was just looking for um a really good publisher and Exalted Funeral with, like, yeah, we want to do something with you. So great, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and and watch the space because that could be happening later this year. That's excellent. That's exciting stuff there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because if you remember back when you were young and oh sorry, younger, <laughs> <laughs> and and you went out um, looking for a role playing game, you usually walked into a store and you could pick up a book. And you could like pour through the book. Uh, yeah. If you bought a book uh, back in the 80s or, or the 90s and it was in a, a game store or a bookstore and it was a role playing book, it had been picked up by at least a dozen people and thumbed through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> going, oh, oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and, and that excitement and that, that visceral sort of like thing of picking up a book and turning the page and, and knowing that. Uh, yeah, something crazy and wacky that came out of my brain is now going to be able to be physically in other people's hands. That's that's really cool. That that is exciting. It's something to look forward to. I'm I'm excited. I definitely I definitely would like a, a copy of that when Exalted Funeral pops those out. That's going to be neat to see. You, you have I will another have to get you review copies. Definitely <laughs> get some review copies to Logar. That would be cool. I, I'm definitely <laughs> all excited about checking them out. I I I love the idea of the ducks. I I think it's the coolest thing. I think we talked about that before. I like the duck tails and dark wing duck. <laughs> I think it's cool. And you got some turtles this time too, as well. Correct? Yeah, and and this is actually going back to miniatures, and miniatures started it. So about six years ago, I started sculpting miniatures. And that's after a lifetime of painting them and, and collecting yeah. them, or usually collecting them and then painting them. <laughs> so so what, what's happened is I, I've got to a point where I've got a large range of miniatures, and there are a lot of ducks and anthropomorphic miniatures. And I headed in that direction uh, because at the time there just wasn't any. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a whole flock of ducks out there. There were <laughs> the occasional duck you'd find in the wild, and you'd look at it and go, well, that's a lovely miniature. It would be great if I had a whole party. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 
and yeah, I suppose there's the the wargaming element. You know, war games have more than one miniature of a range, but they all tend to look the same. I wanted them all to look like different characters, kind of like when I was a kid and collected Smurfs. Yeah, I, each, I loved those things. Each duck had to have their own character. Yeah, you get it. You get it. I loved those little Smurfs. I had the little tiny Smurfs. I had a bunch of those back in the day. Those were great little things. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd get my money from my paper round and I'd go out and buy the next Smurf that was at the local servo, you know, uh, service station, gas station. That's great. Each week there was a new one. And there's a, there's a collectible element, but even in role-playing games, you get attached to a character and a character often has a representation in your mind of, you know, what the character is. And for me, collecting miniatures, a lot of the times, you know, I'd pick out a miniature that fitted the character that I was thinking of. So, um, yeah, nowadays you, you've got drawings and what have you, and there's a lot in the digital space. And I've seen people when they're on Hero Forge and they're creating their character on Hero Forge, oh, and yeah. they never actually buy the miniature. They just want to have, <laughs> they want to have that representation. Oh, he's got, he's got this, you know, battle axe strapped to his back. And he's got here that looks like a mohawk. And, <laughs> yeah, all of this stuff. And he's got a pet chihuahua or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's that excitement that comes from creating something out of nothing. You know, this journey, definitely in this time, I've looked at what I'm making and what is doing out there. Because I have response from people who buy these miniatures and they've, they're looking for something different. And I've given them something that isn't out there. <laughs> it's like they've been waiting. They've been waiting for that dark wing duck. <laughs> I've got a dark tail duck, which is completely different. Um, looks kind of like Zora. Actually, I've probably got him here. And your viewers won't be able to, sorry, your listeners won't be able to see, but. Is that, that is dark wing duck. That's a really, uh, a really good dark wing duck. It looks like. I, I like so, that. So, um, I've, I sculpted a, a Zoro duck. And Zoro, Zoro duck. Yeah. Zoro yeah, Zoro duck. yeah, without without saying Zoro as well, because we can't say any of these things. I hope the, the mouse isn't listening. Who owns Zoro? Zoro, I thought was more like who owns Zoro? Who's got the rights to that? We have to find out. I reckon <laughs> I reckon that the, the big old mouse owns everything. You know, you just <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. And Anthony Hopkins and, and, and Antonio Banderas did a Zorro movie. It wasn't too long ago, was it? That might have been 20 oh, years yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, I remember it? that. That was that was probably in the 90s. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> it was a minute ago. <laughs> so I've shared a screen with you so I can take you through the, um, the Kickstarter preview. Oh, you nice. can go and get into the pre-launch now. But by the time this is aired, I would say that we'll be live. And that'll be exciting. So you'll be looking for STL files for 3D printing Star Hat miniatures. Basically, if you're looking for STL files or you're looking for STL miniatures or 3D miniatures, it'll come up on Kickstarter. And uh, that'll be me. That'll be me uh, and my friends at Ill-Gotten Games who are in Bellingham, Washington. And that's not Washington, D.C. <laughs> that's Washington just south of Canada. Yes, Washington State. Yeah, Washington State. I'm curious. You got some rhinos. You got some turtles. Now I know when you were on here, we talked about kind of a history of 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 ducks in fantasy, 
and and I'm not used to seeing a lot of turtles and rhinos in fantasy. Is this something that that's unique to this, or 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 did I miss another one? <laughs> okay, so with rhinos, um, when I think of rhino men in fantasy, I think back to the fighting fantasy books, Stephen Jackson and Ian Livingston. Yes. And the first time I turned a page, and there was a picture of a rhino man, and he was like a guard, and I was just like, wow that's cool <laughs> and, and it sort of flipped my brain because you're thinking well goblins and trolls and, and all of that's just fine and then hey rhino man or that that classic uh conan story where um there's an elephant man oh i love that one where he's yeah in the tower yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and and of course in certain world religions or, or uh, you know if you're not from that place you might call it a mythology but essentially in our shared consciousness when it comes to thinking about things we anthropomorphize so often you know attribute human attributes to, to animals and that so it's only it's only natural that we should think of animals having you know a universe where they can get around just like we do in an opposable thumb yeah yeah and get, <laughs> yeah or even in this case, the ducks are very much um, Karl Barks, who's uh, he was <laughs> he was the guy who drew all those ducks for uh, the the mouse company that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> but anyway, Karl Barks influenced Greg Stafford and the the world of Glorantha, and of course that's RuneQuest, right? Yeah. So I'm 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 scrolling through some of these miniatures, and these here's the giant cave troll, for example. Um, these have come out of my brain, but they're a mix of classic Citadel Warhammer type stuff from the eighties and the idea of yeah, ducks and crows <laughs> and, and, and such. I've got the Delvers, uh, lost in the dungeons of doom and that's your standard classic fantasy fair. So you got your dwarf, you've got your, you know, elf. Barbarians, wizards. Oh yeah, your basic, your basic D and D, what you'd expect for a D and D party normally, without before the ducks. Yeah, <laughs> and you've got that those tropes, you know. So, but uh, for example, here's Pitch and Wendell, and Wendell has a uh, Wendell is the pet pig, and and his and 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 Pitch seems to have some sort of top hat and, and raggedy jacket on with a pitchfork. A little so bit. It, it, the character is uh, a character from. He was actually from a DCC game. Ah, oh. and and a friend, a friend said, "Oh, well, a friend who was helping me out with the art." You know, I said, "Have I, have you got a character I can sculpt for you?" And he told me about the story about his wizard who was like, you know, zero level. <laughs> <laughs> you know how DCC is yeah. Dungeon Crawl Classics for anyone listening. Um, and we go. Uh, into this village and you know and basically the village is decimated but there's this pig so he picks the pig up so he's got a little familiar called Wendell um, <laughs> who's <laughs> who's an evil little critter <laughs> but all of these miniatures typically have their basis in either like I've got Jim here Jim is a, a wizard um, an enchanter uh, he's quite an eclectic enchanter he looks familiar for those who know John Cleese and and the holy grail um because jim obviously looks a lot like tim but then you've got someone like buffalo rick who is a miniature for actually we were just talking about this before so the flying buffalo flying buffalo was created in the early 70s so this is before dnd wow. and they were putting games and he'd go to game conventions 
And I'm talking about Loomis. Buffalo Rick seems to have, uh, he's got like his nice little, his jewels, his little star around. He's got his little thing, but he's also got like this big old, like a wizard hat, kind of like a Smurfy, Smurfy hat with his robes. And then he's got the, the two big old Buffalo horns is coming out of his, his, his hat there. It seems. Is it Loomis? Yes, so Rick Loomis. Rick Loomis created Flying Buffalo. And when I was talking to him about making a miniature for him, he mentioned things that he'd like to have. There was his Dagger of Destiny. There's his mug. He's got a mug there, and that would <laughs> normally have his Mountain, mountain Dew in it. Um, and then <laughs> he loved his Mountain Dew. He's got his, <laughs> his beloved cat there. Uh, he's got a scimitar. But his hat, I put some big buffalo horns on his hat. Yes. <laughs> um, the wizard hat, buffalo horns. And he said that at first he wasn't too sure, but it, it grew on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Rick Loomis passed away. Um, and so, you know, there's there's something in that, that, especially in our hobby, a lot of the people we enjoy gaming with, you know, we don't, we don't live forever, but um, the memories do. You know, it's a very special thing about role-playing games. And so miniatures for me are just part of role-playing games. Miniatures are those things that, that come out that help you identify with the character you're playing. But also, um, you know, it's cool to move them around. Even if you're not <laughs> playing on a battle board or anything like that, it's cool to have a miniature, and I really enjoy painting them. There's a lot of um, – there's Tenkar from Tenkar's Tavern. He's a dwarf, obviously. <laughs> you know Tinkar? Yes, um, well, I, I am very well, yes. So um, so his story is that his character is actually named after a 10-car collision because <laughs> he was a police officer. <laughs> you know, you had those movies like the Blues Brothers. Yeah. You have like a 10-car collision. <laughs> well, he's a 10-car Callison. You've got a, a you've got a, you is is that am I'm seeing a um a, a foul bear which is not quite an owl bear. It seems like it's got more of a a a, a, a what is that, a rooster head? Yeah, and um no I've seen some people paint this miniature up with a certain uh uh fog foghorn leghorn. <laughs> oh no. So how many STLs and how many of these miniatures are are in the Kickstarter that people can pick up? It seems like there's quite a Okay, few. so at the moment there are uh, – here's an example. So I can show you on screen. We're sharing a screen here with Zoom technology, and so the readers <laughs> – um, sorry, the listeners. I keep referring to them as readers, but I presume your listeners are also readers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us think are at least reading game books. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is I get the the miniature, and um, a lot of these have already been cast. So for example, there's that dwarf there, and then you know they paint up really well. The original miniature gets cast. Uh, I send the miniatures to Ilgotten Games, and Jeremy at Ilgotten Games scans it, and so he takes that. The... And he turns it into an STL, and the STL can be printed by anyone who has a 3D printer and an internet connection. It's done off of the original hand sculpt, essentially, that you've made. And and how many is going to be available in the full the full Kickstarter? How many total different minis are you going to get there? Right. So I did avoid your question tonight. That was like <laughs> um, you're looking at, at the moment, it's starting off with 40 miniatures, but depending oh, wow. on how many people get involved, um, I've got at least another 40 to scan mm. and include. 
So for the package, uh, there's there's you can go for the ducks, and I can talk about the ducks a bit more, or you can go for the delvers, or you can go for both, and I'll throw in the dragon. But also there will be stretch goals that release more miniatures, and there are a lot more miniatures. Um, but hey, people collect STLs like they collect mm -hmm. MP3s, you know. I've never I've I've never done a, a, a 3D printing. Perhaps I need to look into it and start doing it. <laughs> um, you don't even have to. You seriously could back this Kickstarter because you've got a friend in your gaming group who has a 3D printer. I do. I'm quite happy for it. It's, <laughs> you get to you get to download these STLs and you get to print them out for you to enjoy. In a, in a non-commercial way. So I'm, I'm not expecting people to use these STLs and then go into business yeah. big time. But you can buy a commercial license, which for a, for the, your life, your whole life, you can print these off on your home 3D printer. Oh. I'm just asking that people don't, you know, start um, reselling the STLs or, you know, not that you can stop people, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but that, that's the... The glory about this is that it goes everywhere. It and can essentially solve the problem that we've got at the moment where I sent miniatures to the States. It took three weeks to get to Bellingham oh and Washington State. And it never takes three weeks. Usually it would take like maybe six to eight days max. We're just entering a new phase of the way post works around the world. It's expensive and it takes a while. <laughs> yeah, it does. Now, now with Dragon Bane coming out, is it one thing I mentioned is the ducks would be perfect for use with your Dragon Bane game if you were going to be right. picking up Dragon Bane coming out from freely here soon. I know some people are looking forward to that. And we talked about we talked about where the ducks come from, and and I talked about Glorantha and yes. RuneQuest um, was the source for the Swedish Dungeons and Dragons, which was actually Draka och Demoner which is really dragons and demons. <laughs> and, and the essential idea behind dragons and demons was uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but they had RuneQuest. So they took things from Glorantha, and one of the things that went into the Swedish role-playing game was ducks. So ducks are very much a part of role-playing in Sweden. And there's um, been... a progression or an evolution of that game and it's gone to Trudvang you've probably heard of there was a huge kickstarter with a big box set um that I haven't opened mine yet but <laughs> I, I I think should I go and show you this thing even though no one can see it, it oh that <laughs> but, is it is big and beautiful it is nice you know there's there's a evolution of some of these game systems but the latest evolution of Draka Ochdemona is Dragonbane. And Dragonbane's coming out in September. And that's also the first English printing of the game, correct? Yeah, before you had to speak English. I mean, Swedish. Yes. Uh, now you can speak English or American. So they're, and they're you'll putting be it out there. They're putting it out there. If you don't want to learn another language to play the game, that's an option now. So and that's exciting. It's exciting because um, for me, the, the Ducks came about because of Janelle Jaquais and her art and the art from um, RuneQuest, which was what Janelle did. And then, oh, this Draco Ochdemina, there were some pictures that, you know, inspired me as well. So, you know, the Ducks thing... It started out, I had one duck, this duck knight called Sir Drake. And then I decided I'd do 
uh, a duck wizard and then came Janelle and then a Conan sort of duck and a, a Robin yeah. Hood duck. The, yeah. the, the idea was I'll just like, I'll do a few. And then out of that, I ended up working with Janelle on Quake Keep and Quake Keep produced like 30 more ducks. And I have the largest range of ducks in the world. Duck characters, it is. Now, Quack Keep, uh, some people, if you haven't listened to the previous episode we, re we recorded, you can go back and we talked a lot more about Duck Quest there. Could you tell the listeners real quick about Duck Quest and uh, Quack Keep and all that real quick? So that they, and that's what is going to be coming out is the, oh, Quack Keep. <laughs> Quack Keep. So Quack Keep was a uh, collaboration with Janelle Jaquais. And Janelle Jaquais is so famous now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was famous before, but now I'm watching a video and it'll be someone talking about how to draw a dungeon or to create a module for role playing or, you know, and there will be this term called jacquazing the dungeon. Yep. Very familiar <laughs> with it. And that's because Janelle wrote Caverns of Thracia and Janelle wrote Dark Tower. Janelle was there at the beginning with her um, dungeoneer. In fact, you can get Janelle's early book for Judges Guild is yes. available in a massive book. It is it is huge. It's it's much larger than than most D and D books. Period. It's like it, it is a and I say huge. It's oversized printing. <laughs> it's it's like um, I don't know how to explain it. That if it fell on you from a height, you might not make your saving throw. <laughs> the book includes Dark Tower, the Caverns of Thracia, Book of Treasure Maps. And the early issues of the Dungeoneer, because Janelle created the Dungeoneer, which I think was coming out in 1977 onwards. Mm -hmm. um, this book, which is uh, 350, 360 pages or something like that, this book contains all her work from then and some stories and a bit more. And essentially only over a few years. So a massive output in a short amount of time. Janelle went on to work uh, with you know, computer games like Quake, uh, yes. Bard's Tale. Yeah, it was really special working with her on Quake Keep. And I've got Quake Keep miniatures that will make this Kickstarter as well. So there's Excellent. a lot that isn't on the, the initial page that will be unleashed as people back and we get more support. Um, it's good to have some surprises for people. How I'm I'm curious to know how you started with, with, with sculpting minis. What was the... Uh, what materials did you start working with? Like, how was that evolution? How did that go? And how, where did you start from? And how did you get to where you're at now? Uh, so it usually starts with cork and a paperclip and some green stuff, which is putty that comes in two colors. I've got all of these visual aids for you here. <laughs> <laughs> so there's yellow and blue. And when you mix it together, you get green. And green stuff is a traditional plumber's putty. It's, it's basically a two-part epoxy. Okay, so yeah. So plumbing is fantastic. It's a wonderful tool. Um, there's an American who started using it for sculpting miniatures, and it caught on. Because before that, you did, usually used wax, carved in wax, and then that, uh, that would die during the molding process. Another way you could do it was you could get metal and you could melt metal and add a lot of traditional war gamers would create miniatures by melting little bits of lead just, just <laughs> and adding on building it up. Lead. Um, but, but this process, you know, it starts to grow. And as you add more little bits of putty, 
you end up with with a full feller. Yeah. And and that guy there, I don't know if you can see him, that's a little turtle guy. <laughs> I have some miniatures here that I've sculpted that I'd love to include as well. So, you know, if everything's going right, there'll be a package going to the States with these guys to be scanned. Daring. I don't know if you know Dragon's Lair. So that's the Dragon's Lair character, but as a duck. Oh, the the Dragon's Lair, like an old movie? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, Dragon's Lair as in like the spacey game. It was an interesting game because it had cut scenes and it was all in cartoons. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I am as familiar. Oh, I remember the cartoon. I, I, I do remember that. Was it a cartoon? Was it a video game or something? I remember the character so it, from it. <laughs> it came out, it came out as a, a computer game. Um, Dirk was the the main protagonist. And he's a knight and he has to go through these rooms and the rooms are like every room is a death trap. And um, it was almost like a choose your own adventure sort of deal because you went to a new cutscene, you went to a new scene and your character could move. But unlike all the other pixelated type computer games, you know, Ghosts and Goblins, etc., that were available at the time. Yes. They were all like Space Invaders and what have you. They were all digital and you could see all the pixels. This was something that was pre-drawn, and so you had to <laughs> you had to be quick on your reactions. But also, when you saw it happen, it was just like you were watching a cartoon. <laughs> so the the character definition was amazing, and it was like you're in this this world as this um, guy who's going to go and save the princess. Um, it was very much of its time, <laughs> but but it was also it had humor. It had death scenes. You know, oh. when you died, if you were fried or you were killed by acid or snakes um, attacked you. Yeah, <laughs> and you I, got really used to seeing those death scenes because it was a very difficult game to play. <laughs> I recognize the feller there, the main character. I know I've seen yeah, that, Dirk, that game. Dirk Deering. Yeah. I, I, I'll be 100% honest. I have, uh, of all the things that I have, no, no, nothing about video games is the number, like one of the number one things I know zero about. <laughs> As a gamer, I never got into it. And you know what? There's some games that I know intimately, like Wizardry and oh, yeah. Bard's Tale and um, Doom. Mm -hmm. I know very well. And then there's a whole, there's a whole area of, because, you know, life goes on and you have other other things to do so yeah <laughs> so my current knowledge of gaming out there apart from uh, my kids playing roblox um it's, it's not Roblox. No, no it's uh it's not roblox what's the one that everyone's playing it oh minecraft is still huge oh and minecraft yeah, yeah is massive because I essentially think... it's what we had with dungeons and dragons it's you can create your own world yeah you've got all the tools and you can just go for it and I think that game will be around forever. Yeah, it's. It, uh, I I don't know if I 100% know the difference between Roblox and Minecraft, but I did hear that there was like a, some uh, elements to it, like uh, like dungeon delving elements and things like that to it. From what I understand, My yeah, Roblox is different because people create games within the game, and they can monetize those games. So, uh, so Roblox is a bit of a a um, a different beast. Huh. But Minecraft is still very much, you just create worlds. I've got um, kids that are sharing their worlds with their friends and they're creating the worlds as they're playing. Huh. And the amount of creativity is just phenomenal. Simple set of building blocks, but you can do so much with it. 
So um, yeah, I'm I'm not uh, saying that you should dump your role playing <laughs> books, stop getting around with your mates, but there are other p- ways people are getting together and being creative, and that's one of them. I'm very much happy about being able to share these miniatures digitally. There are now the the Kickstarters for them digitally. If you want to see what the miniatures are like, I would go over to the Star Hat Miniatures website. You can see tons of the miniatures he's put out there, all painted up. Really nice. He's, he's I'm assuming that you painted all of the ones that I'm looking at, correct? On the uh, site? most of them. It just <laughs> happens to, it just happens that after um over 30 years of painting, <laughs> I might be coming up to oh, close to 40 years of painting. So um, after a while of painting miniatures, I enjoy it. And it is it was strange at first painting the miniatures you've sculpted. So you're, you're painting it. And I learned a lot too. I learned, oh, next time I'm sculpting, I won't put that weapon like this i'll move it over there because then it'll be easier to get my paintbrush (laughs) (laughs) paint the belt and i think that's one of the things with these miniatures as opposed to a lot of the new 3d sculpted miniatures some people are sculpting miniatures they look fantastic until you start to try and paint them and then you realize man there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of detail and this doesn't quite my brush can't get in there (laughs) (laughs) oh no so um, there is there's something good about being able to sculpt traditionally and then see those sculpts scanned and put in. I've done some ZBrush sculpting and it's a different medium and you have to be really good with ZBrush to get that sort of character that you can get just by doing something by hand. You say um, ZBrush? ZBrush is a digital sculpting tool. Okay, okay. It's like the industry standard, kind of like if I said Photoshop to you, yes. you know what I'd be using it for. I'm not familiar with ZBrush either. I'm behind the times. I got to learn. <laughs> <laughs> ZBrush, you could spend years just delving into ZBrush and, and you'll still have more to learn. And I, that's kind of like Photoshop. That. Yeah, yeah. But I, most I, people don't use Photoshop to the full extent. So what I'm doing is I'm basically creating a, a range of STLs from my existing range of miniatures um, and some new miniatures I've sculpted. And this is something that I feel will change what changes my whole business, really. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's positive. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really it's one of those changes that we've found during um, the last few years. You've had to make changes, and some of them are good. Um, I'm not having to send miniatures around the world. I love um, metal miniatures, and um, there's a certain heft to them, but I also paint Plastic miniatures, resin miniatures, especially if they're larger, I, I don't want to be, be yeah. holding something the size of a paperweight while I'm trying to paint it. <laughs> it's just too heavy. So there's that that sense that this changes not just the way my business works, but also the way I sort of see the world going forward. Uh, having someone in your gaming group with a 3D printer means that no matter what is coming up for that week's game, um, print it. it'll be available. Yeah. And you can print it out and someone can paint it. <laughs> and, you know, it's just part of the fun. So we're about on time. Can you tell the listeners where they can find your stuff and where they can back this? Yeah. Obviously, you can go straight to starhatminiatures.com. Um, it doesn't matter what time, day or night. I might be asleep, but Starhat Miniatures is on the web. And it's <laughs> open. <laughs> 
um, there's a link there for the, the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter will be live by the time this is on, and that's 3D, oh, sorry, SDL files for 3D printing Star Hat miniatures. So just do a Google. <laughs> <laughs> and what, but the main what thing I... is Star Hat miniatures are now going to be available as STL files. That means if you've got a 3D printer or a frame with a 3D printer, you can print out miniatures, and uh, it couldn't be easier, really. And we'll make sure that there's a link in the show notes to the the actual Kickstarter itself as well. And I really appreciate um, the time you've taken to to talk to me, Logar. It's, it's no, great yeah. to talk to you. I listen to your podcast. Oh, thank you. I, really I just have a smile on my face because you just bring out the best in people. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. That's great to hear. It's good to talk to you again. And and and. I love I love the ducks. <laughs> it will be more. There'll be more, more ducks. ducks. Bring on the ducks. <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find me on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards, wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We could use support patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.